0: Welcome to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. Scott, what's going on, my man? I'm excited, Colin.
1: The NBA is here. We've been talking about it being back, but it is actually back. And it was, it was wonderful to watch real basketball again, be able to react off of it, you know. We fired off some uh, hot takes this morning in our morning call, so it, it, it does feel like everything's kind of getting back to normal, even though it's, it's not, but it's nice to think that it, it kind of is.
0: It's as close to normal as can be if you're an NBA fan. We still are living in the middle of a pandemic. We don't uh, take that lightly here on this program, but we had basketball to watch, which we have not been able to see in a close to four and a half months. As we're recording right now, uh, we are coming off a night where Zion played Maybe 15 minutes, uh, and that probably costs the Pelicans a game that they need to win, games that they need to win as they're battling for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. The Jazz. Uh, looked good, Rudy Gobert, who we disrespected in our ranking on NBA.com. You, some
1: some of us disrespected. I think I had him higher than everyone else, so I, I, feel a little, I feel a little bit better about that.
0: You are the only one that I think had any sort of respect for Rudy Gobert heading into the uh, restart. I now have newfound respect for Rudy uh, Gobert, uh, and the Jazz were able to pull off a close victory, uh, and then the Lakers followed up with uh, a win over the Clippers to even up that season series at 2 um, that's the team we're going to be talking about because that's the team that is going to face the Raptors in their first game, 146 days since the, la- the last game, the Toronto Raptors played. Uh, and guess what? The gift is the Los Angeles Lakers. How about that? <laughs> a nice, easy game to start off their uh, Eight seeding games ahead of the
1: playoffs. Yeah. I mean, this has been best team in the Western Conference all season long. They have the second best record in the league. Um, we, we can get into last night's game a little bit if you want, but I thought Anthony Davis looked spectacular. Uh, you know, there was some talk heading into that game that he might not be able to play because I think of, of an eye injury or something like that. And um, he just gave everything the Clippers could handle. I think he finished with a game high 34 points.
0: Um, he's a matchup problem. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, I knew I was in midseason form because I fell asleep during the second half of the Western <laughs> Conference doubleheader on TNT. So uh, Anthony Davis had a great game. Uh, LeBron, not so much. But let's stick with AD because he also had a great game in the first and only matchup this season between the Raptors and the Lakers. We, of course, know that they were scheduled to come to Toronto. Pandemic happened. So here we are. We're we're getting the uh, second half of the season series between the two teams uh, in Orlando in the bubble. Uh, But Anthony Davis had a great game in the first outing. Um, He looked great. It didn't look like anyone on the Raptors could really guard him. Granted, the Raptors were shorthanded in that game. Um, Maybe Serge Ibaka is the matchup that we could see uh, with Anthony Davis. He's probably the best bet, right, in, in, my, in your opinion, uh, in terms of guarding AD one-on-one, which I know that doesn't really happen. Probably, because I feel like,
1: look, AD's not like Joel Embiid size-wise, um, but he's still a little bit too much to handle, I feel like, for OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. I also don't know, necessarily know if you want either of them guarding AD for you know, a large amount of minutes, um, especially Siakam. So just Ibaka, given his size and his strength, his ability to kind of bang with AD in the post, he's more nimble than like Marc Gasol, so he can kind of, I feel a little bit more comfortable with him defending outside of the paint. Um, so, so probably, but I mean, realistically, there's probably what, like two or three guys in the league who we can say do match up well with Anthony Davis. Like he's right. just such a mismatch um, because, you know, he's seven foot tall. It's a good mid-range score. He's improved as a three-point shooter the season. He's super quick. He can attack guys in the post um so so I I do agree with you it's probably Ibaka but I still don't know if I feel great about it
0: some might say (laughs) he's a three level score some might say some might say touche he he, he, he showed all three levels uh in the game against the Clippers he was knocking down threes uh in that second half at at a high rate and when he is going like that when he's rolling like that I don't know that anyone could really guard him in the league. But I say Ibaka because I think that, you know, Gasol's probably the all-round better defender when you when you add in the team aspect and, and better defensive anchor. But I, I don't know that Marc Gasol is equipped at this point in his career to stick with AD. AD, uh, you know, in watching him all season and even in the restart, he looks like he's put on some size in terms of, in terms of strength. Like he's hitting the weight room. The AD that we saw as a rookie – you know, he was skin oh, yeah. bones. He's a far, far cry from that guy. And now it looks like the strength that he's added has not taken away from his athleticism and his quickness, which is probably the fear for most people when they add strength like that. Uh, but now he's he's thick. He's a thick boy. And, and he can bang down low. And that's why I fear him, uh, you know, Mark Gasol kind of guarding him in that situation because Mark probably had the advantage... Had it gone down to the post, where AD would have been forced to play more on the perimeter. Now, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think AD can go down there and bang with Mark, and he, he's, as you said, he's a pretty good finisher around the rim. Uh, and then also the threat of him stepping out. Like, there's not really an advantage anymore at this point in Mark's career where he can really uh, affect Anthony Davis. Um, you know, on, on a defensive end, can he make life difficult for him? Sure, it's a lot of defenders can make life difficult for him. but life difficult for AD probably still means thirty points and thirteen rebounds. Uh, you know on five assists whereas I think Serge can hang with him a little bit more as you said he can bang with him his foot speed's there so I'm hoping that that's the matchup that we see on Saturday night because if we do see that matchup and Serge looks great in that matchup that gives me a little bit more confidence going forward with the Raptors um, than not if Serge gets crushed in that matchup then it's like who guards Anthony Davis if these two teams meet up in the finals
1: well, the interesting thing, so first of all, according to NBA stats, Siakam actually defended um, AD the most in their first matchup this season. Yeah. The market didn't play in that game. Right. But I do think it's going to be interesting to see what lineup Nurse rolls with. Because we've we've heard all about this jumbo lineup um, ahead of the scrimmages. And the Lakers are, are one of probably three teams, the other being the the Bucks and the Sixers that that lineup makes sense against. Mm-hmm. Because the Lakers, even though Anthony Davis is at his best when he plays center, They've been playing big all season long with Anthony Davis at, at power forward and then JaVale McGee starting at center. And Anthony Davis will even play with Dwight Howard on the court at the same time. So that does op- open up an opportunity for the Raptors to start Ibaka and Gasol in the front court and then have Siakam at the three. That's, that's kind of one of those little things that, I, that I'm interested in seeing heading into this game. If Nuss does decides to go big or if he just decides to go with the normal lineup and, and see what Siakam can kind of do against AD at the start of the game. Yeah, that would, uh, it's going to be very interesting.
0: And, and, and these are questions that we have, um, and we, we have the luxury of asking them because the team is actually going to be healthy, which we talked about in the last podcast. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been healthy all season long. This is the first time in a long time that they're healthy. And also, we now know what guys can bring to the table one of the deepest teams in the NBA. NBA.com, your home for raptors coverage head on over to nba.com we have the game preview scott wrote it uh, about this very specific game but also we can whip you around the entire league there's only 22 teams in new orlando bubble a lot of them are fighting for playoff positioning some of them are fighting for playoff spots like the pelicans like the blazers like the Grizzlies, who will all be in action over the weekend. TSN and Sportsnet, your home for NBA in Canada. And also, NBA League Pass for those few games that aren't on TV this year. Also, NBA TV Canada. Shout out to them. They picked out a couple of games. If you didn't know that, uh, go over to NBA.com. We, can, we have a list there of, and a schedule there where all the games can be found on your television networks. All right, Scott. Um, as you said, Ibaka was not available in the first game. Uh, but that didn't really matter because the Raptors looked great. They played one of their best basketball games, road games uh, all season long. Um, Van Vliet was solid. Uh, They got a great game from, from, uh, from Pascal and spurts. But in the end, it's a W you chalk it up for a win, but this is going to be a much bigger test with the Lakers. Now rolling the way they have, they already have one game under their belt, um you know beating the clippers and that was a tough matchup so they already as the raptors get ready to go through this marathon um which we hope would be three months uh the lakers have already a, a little bit of a head start in that department they know what their their matchups are they, they played a, a game that matters it's gonna be tough for the raptors to leave the starting blocks uh you know with with a victory
1: it, it is gonna be tough for them I, I do wonder though how the Lakers approach these next seven seeding games for them because that I- not that I think they're just going to take them off um, after they played the Clippers, but that, that win over the Clippers kind of, it solidifies them in the number one seed. I don't think the Clippers were ever going to catch them, but they, they have the number one seed in the West locked up now. Um, and you know, it's, it seems like it's been heading towards Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference all season long um, in the playoffs. So I do kind of wonder if they take their foot off the gas a little bit, maybe not. Um, but either way, there's still a tough matchup. You know, even if Anthony Davis and LeBron James played 25 minutes each, It's going to be a tough matchup for any team. Um, And I think, for me, one of the biggest things that I'm looking forward to seeing in this game is how Pascal Siakam um, matches up with Anthony Davis, not only defensively, as we've talked about, but offensively, too. Because, as you said, Siakam had a big game the first time around. I think he had like 26, 28 points or something like Mm -hmm. that. But he didn't have the most efficient night, and Anthony Davis was a big reason why. And we've talked a lot about this, about how Siakam can... As, as, as big of a leap as he's made over the last couple of seasons, the next step for him is to be able to, to create his own shot against, you know, the elite of the elite. Anthony Davis, Giannis Kumpo, the best defenders in the league, and he struggled against them, which isn't a surprise because everyone struggles against them, but he's really struggled against them in the, the matchups that he's had this season. Um, and if you look at NBA.com stats, apparently Anthony Davis um, held Yakum to 0 for 8 shooting in their minutes they matched up together. And Anthony Davis guarded Siakam more than anyone else on the Lakers. So the Raptors did come away with that win. But I do think if we're going to talk about these Raptors as, you know, a potential title contender this season, um, you, you want to see Siakam have more success uh, against those types
0: of defenders. So that's, that's going to be a big one for me in this game. And that's a, hard bar. That's a high bar to achieve for Pascal really Siakam. Bar. Because Anthony Davis is in the conversation to win defensive player of the year. And rightfully so. We know that uh, he's one of the few bigs that, He's great at guarding the rim, but he can also guard on the perimeter, and that's where Pascal normally has the advantage against guys that are his size. And Anthony Davis is actually bigger than him uh, exactly. in every aspect, taller and 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 probably you'd say stronger than him uh, in every aspect. So um, this is another you know opportunity to show for Pascal to show everybody his his evolution, his growth this season. You know, it's his first go around as the guy. It's his first time being the go to guy. And having to draw the assignment of an Anthony Davis guarding him and still trying to figure out a way to score, get other guys involved, contribute to winning basketball. So I'm excited to see that matchup. Uh, that's a, that's a, it's a good one. Um, the other thing that was interesting in the last uh, time these two teams met is LeBron was poor uh, after getting off to a hot start. Um, Chris Boucher, the LeBron James stopper. Uh, I don't know if we want to go that far, but, <laughs> but
1: um, no, I, I remember that game. LeBron got off to a really good start. I remember Nurse mixing him some, some zone defense pretty early to kind of to bait this Lakers team and LeBron to settle for outside jump shots. But it really was it was ronde Hollis-Jefferson and Chris Boucher in the second half who uh, who matched up with LeBron and, and kind of took him out of his rhythm. And I think he shot like one for eight in the in the second half or the fourth quarter or something like that in that game and that that helped pave the way for the raptors to kind of storm this comeback and end what i think at the time was a a seven game winning streak for the lakers like they they were playing fantastic basketball Um, and look we don't need to go into the whole history of what lebron has done against the raptors in the playoffs um we could be here for another half an hour just talking about that right and i'm not going to deny you know i'm not going to even talk about the 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 possibility Possibility of stopping LeBron, even at this stage in his career. I mean, he's, he's arguably the greatest player of all time. When you look at a team like the Raptors, like they, they have kind of the perfect makeup that you want um, if you're going to play against LeBron James because they have two or three really long, strong wing defenders in OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Rondé jefferson that you can kind of just switch on to him across the board. And then you have guys in the front who who just aren't afraid of him, like Chris Boucher. I don't know if he's going to get a ton of minutes in this game, but you know that he's not going to back down um against LeBron James if he if he meets him at the rim and things like that um and then you throw in you know Nuss has turned the Raptors into perhaps the most creative defensive team in the league this season um so so again that's another thing that I'm fascinated to see kind of you know can they have similar success against LeBron um and then what Nuss throws at them whether it's uh, certain defenders or different schemes at LeBron because we know he's he's just an absolute handful
0: yeah, he, he absolutely is. And it's, uh, I don't think we'll see this in the game on Saturday night, but if these two teams meet in the finals, I just want everybody to remember uh, the one kryptonite, and, and LeBron James is, what, as you said, one of the greatest players of all time. The one kryptonite that LeBron may have is when smaller guys defend him. And the Raptors have two of the best small guys that defend bigger guys, probably in the league, and, you know, Fred Van and kyle lowry uh for whatever reason you know small guys give lebron i don't want to say problems but they just make life a little bit more difficult for him it's it's, it's annoying to him to have a smaller guy on him not that you would be able to do that and get away with that for an entire game but there's gonna be stretches where you can give him a different look and not get embarrassed if jj Barrera can stop lebron james i know this is a different lebron james we're talking about very different uh, lebron I am giving full faith that Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry can make things tough for him on a couple possessions to give him a different look. And then, as you said, they, the Raptors just have the big back line, the size. And the most important part uh, of what you said is they're not afraid. Uh, and a lot of people are in awe of LeBron. The Raptors, they're not in awe of LeBron. They, they know that they belong on the court as much as he does. Um so that that is an interesting take there. All right, X-Factors heading into the matchup of course the game's at at 8:30 on SportsNet 1. X-Factors, what do you have?
1: I'm I'm going to go with a little bit of a deep cut here and say Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson. Um okay. I I've, I've been fascinated by him all season long. I just I I love him as a player. Um you know, a small forward playing power forward who can't score outside the paint and yet <laughs> he's been able to make this impact out of nowhere on one of the best teams in the league this season. Um and I do think for a couple reasons. One, I think based on the way that he defended LeBron and how he's defended other superstars this season, we saw him have success against Damian Lillard, um, Kawhi Leonard against Luka Doncic. I'm still We talked about this last time, but I'm interested to see how Nurse kind of handles the back end of their rotation and if he settles on an eighth man. And and I'm curious to see if this is one of those games where Nurse kind of rolls Rondé jefferson out a little bit more than the other second unit guys, um, not including Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka, who we know are going to be a part of the rotation in the playoffs. But I do think this is one of those matchups where we could kind of see um, Nurse roll with with Rona Hill Chefs and see if he can kind of get under LeBron's skin um, and, and you know have another subpar LeBron game by his standards.
0: Yeah, uh, X factor for me heading into this game, and it, uh, and it's always going to be the case for uh, the the Lakers. Anytime you bring them up, it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. He had a decent game uh, against the Clippers. 3 and D Kyle Kuzma, I saw him being called on Twitter. Anytime you can get 3 and D Kyle Kuzma going, uh, that's a good sign. Kyle Kuzma has been the most, one of the most inconsistent players all season long. Like He'll go 28 points one game and then give you zero the, the next game. And LeBron could win with nobodies. And I mean that respectfully. He could win with guys that uh, may not be Anthony Davis talent-wise or, or Dwayne Wade or uh, Chris Bosh talent-wise. But he needs guys around him that are going to be consistent. And that's why I'm a little bit shaky about the Lakers being title contenders this year because there's a lot of guys around him that are very inconsistent. Kyle Kuzma being a guy that, you know, is, you're, they're probably hoping that best case scenario he's their third option scoring-wise. You know, KCP, Contavious caldwell Pope, another guy that can get you buckets. But then they bring in a Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. And then you go down to Dwight Howard. These are all guys that, When their minds are in it, they can bring it. But then there's a game two and a game three in a playoff series where they just don't have it that night. And that's the teams that LeBron has historically failed on when guys are inconsistent. Kuzma had a great game in game one against the Clippers. Game two, we're expecting him to dip. If he doesn't. It's a huge X factor for the Lakers because I think when he plays well, the team is is very, very tough to beat. Uh, On the Raptor end, I'm I'm excited to see Norm Powell back. Every time Norm Powell gets a break, he comes back better than when he left. So there's been a 146-day break for Norm Powell now. He's going to come back better, in my opinion, than when he left. Norm Powell uh, is maybe he, he might be turning into an all-star uh, in the la- over the next <laughs> eight days. Uh, <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe not an all-star, but <laughs> he, he's going to be really good. He's going to be really good, and this is a this is a matchup that I think he can exploit because you look at the guards, uh, you know, and people that are going to be guarding Norm Powell. He, he should be feasting on the likes of KCP. Um, you know, Danny Green. He probably had a ton of battles last year. You know, in practice against Danny Green, uh, and no, no disrespect to Danny Green, but Danny Green's not the All NBA defender that he probably once was in the prime of his career. And Norm Powell shouldn't be afraid of that matchup. He should be taking Danny Green off the bounce any opportunity he gets. So, uh, X factor for me on the Raptor side is uh, is big norm.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one of the big questions with this Lakers team, right? Is their um, their ability to defend point guards and shooting guards now that they they're down Avery Bradley, who defended guards more than anyone else in that team this season, and also Rajon Rondo, who spends a decent amount of time um, guarding those positions as well. So you're putting more pressure on, look, Danny Green is a fantastic defender, but I also don't know if you want him at this stage of his career, chasing Norman Powell around screens, keeping up with him in transition, um similar kind of deal with Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet so that's you're right that's a, that's another one interesting thing to to look at this Lakers team because that's a huge question they still have to answer heading into the playoffs
0: no question uh the betting line let's get to that right now the betting line right now has the Lakers favorite at the time of recording this four and a half minus four and a half uh sorry minus four minus four the total is f- 214 and a half uh so That actually came down. That total came down. So they're expecting a defensive battle. And after watching the Lakers play sloppy basketball for parts of that game against the Clippers, uh, I expected this to be a defensive battle too. Uh, The Lakers are one of the top defensive teams in the league. So are the Raptors. It's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be tough scoring. Um, But to give the Lakers four points is uh, is a little tough. They're just, I guess, banking on the fact that this team has been rolling uh, so far through the bubble. And this is the first Raptor game um we we don't give predictions on this on this pod uh we 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 just keep it light but a key to victory if the Raptors were to pull it out would be what I think the three-point shooting for the Lakers is going to be a big one because you just Mm -hmm. talked about Kyle Kuzma
1: and kind of how he's an x-factor for the Lakers one of the weaknesses for this Lakers team is that they're just not that great I think they're below average in three-point attempts and three-point percentage this season so as I said, the last game, we saw Nurse kind of throw his own defense at the Lakers to try and bait them into to settling for threes. And to your point, if Kyle Kuzma has a down game, because he was huge, I think he hit four threes, uh, four of like the Lakers' 11 threes against the Clippers. Um, if he has a down game and they just can't get much protection from the perimeter, um, I, I think that could be one of
0: the keys to the success for the Raptors. Yeah, they shot 11 of 36 against the Clippers, good for 31%. For me, the key to the Raptors win if they are able to pull it out is rebounding. The Lakers were plus 11 or plus nine, rather, on the glass against the Clippers. And the Clippers are a decently sized team, Uh, but the Lakers are just that dominant in terms of getting on. Uh, The glass, 11 offensive rebounds the Clippers gave up to the Lakers as well. That can't happen. You can't give the Lakers second-chance points. They're already a poor shooting team. You can't give them three and four opportunities because no NBA team uh, is going to struggle to score when you're giving them point-blank range uh, and especially multiple opportunities from point-blank range. And that's what the Clippers uh, kind of gave away, especially uh, down the stretch. Had the Clippers rebounded better, they might have won that game a lot easier – uh and and cleanly um you know they 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 kept it close for the majority of the game and 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 lost by two points rebounding is going to be so important against this laker team um and especially if the raptors are going to go to the jumbo or even go mix it up and go with a smaller ball lineup they're going to have to uh attack the glass that game goes down on saturday night eight thirty. PM tip. It's going to be good to hear Leo and Matt on the call. You can catch it on Sportsnet 1. In the United States, you can watch it on ESPN. I know all the Canadians out there don't get the opportunity to do it, but it's always good to see that the Raptors are getting love nationally uh, on the NBA broadcasts. And, and Before we go, I want to give a big shout out to, uh, to a Canadian fellow Canadian Dwayne Notice, who was playing in the CBL. He actually, uh, he actually tore his Achilles tendon um, in, in one of the games. Uh, prayers and, and, and speedy recovery to Dwayne Notice, a guy who uh, you know has has worn the national team jersey. Um, you know, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Uh, again, he suffered a torn Achilles tendon in uh, a game playing for the Hamilton Honey Badgers of the CBL. By the way, if you're not watching CBL basketball up there in Canada, you need to do that. Uh, so, shout out to Dwayne Notice. Hopefully, uh, he's able to get back on the court a lot quicker and uh, and also get back to. Uh, as good as he was when he, when he left, if not better. All right, Scott, we will be back post-game uh, for the Raptors. Post-game wrap-up in their first game against the Lakers. It's going to be great to see Team Canada, Canada's team on the court. And uh, it's been too long, 146 days since we last saw them play. For Scott Rafferty, I'm Carlin Gay. We'll see you next time right here on the Raptors Pod Table.